You're listening to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly Waste Not series in which we discuss food waste and ways the agri-food system and households can contribute to global change. We'll be discussing food rescue and redistribution with Stanislav Reich, founding member of London Food Coalition. Welcome, Stanislav. Thank you, Peggy. We're really happy to have you here. Stanislav, can you tell us what the London Food Coalition is and how long it's existed? So London Food Coalition Incorporated is a network essentially of the agencies that came together, I believe in 2016, to start talking about redistribution of the food. Original conversation started with in 2016, and then we tapped into some funding, including the money from the City of London. In October 2017, we had our refrigerated truck on a road picking up the food and dropping it off at the Salvation Army, which is right now our food hub. And then from there, I would say 20-something agencies come on a schedule and they pick up their food. Wow. So a lot has happened in a short period of time from a discussion in 2016, fast forward really five years, give or take a few months, and 20 agencies participating in it. So definitely a need and a wonderful idea. What are some of the basic goals of the London Food Coalition? Actually, it's really simple goal to redirect food from the landfills into the hands of those who need it. The food is being picked up from the different retailers and different farms and food producers. And then we establish different partnerships with London Food Bank, with Second Harvest in Toronto. That's where the food comes from. Incredible, because there's two things happening. One, the environmental sustainability and keeping nutritious food, food that's still good and healthy to eat, out of landfill, which is a really important contribution. And then the social sustainability of helping individuals who need that little helping hand, whether that's more short term or long longer terms. And the public at large is increasingly aware of the economic, environmental, and the ethical, really injustice of nutritious, fresh food going to waste. And it is a big problem. Can you give us just some sense of national and local statistics on food waste of this category? It is a big problem, especially in the context of existing environmental awareness and the impact on the environment. Overall, to give you some sense, I'd say over 30 million pounds of food is being thrown out to landfills nationally. So by that food, I mean perfectly edible food. To take it a little bit further and look into the global impact, I mean, we are talking about 30% of our arable land. It's actually growing food that is being thrown out. Never mind use of the arable land, which is kind of far between and hard to come by. It's also talking about water that it's used to grow that food and all the other externalities that are used for that. And that's all going into the garbage and throwing the food in the landfills. I mean, it, that in itself has a huge impact. It's one of the biggest emitters of the greenhouse gases, which is not particularly good. And in terms of the London, London is not faring much better. So according to the Heal Lab, 
food waste calculator. So in London, individual households dispose on average 125 kilograms of food, 250 pounds a year that is being thrown out, which translates into dollar figures. It's about $600 per year for individual household that amount of food that is being disposed, which for entire London, it's about $75 million thrown out. Wow, those are staggering statistics globally, nationally, and certainly locally. As uh, difficult it is to sort of confront those numbers, that in those numbers lie an incredible amount of opportunity in that there is an opportunity to rescue and redirect, but also as we put together our flourishing food systems in our own homes, that we understand our inventories and usage and menu planning so that we don't have that waste. But if we do, it's good to know there are ways and means of having it redirected. I'm wondering, Stanislav, if you could please talk to us a little bit about the Canadian Surplus Food Redistribution Infrastructure Program. Canada is trying to do something about the food waste that is happening, uh, as you had said, in the retail and grocery store setting. Consumers have come to, they always want something available on the shelf. They never want to be out. And so what that means is sometimes things can get close to date and not going to necessarily be purchased in retail. And therefore, this is something that is prime opportunity for not just the London Food Coalition, but people um, redistributing food nationally. So can you tell us a little bit more about this national program? So the national program was, and Food Coalition was one of the recipients. They received $95,000. Federally, government invested about $50 million to the different organizations across the nation. And the goal is actually what Food Coalition does, (laughs) to fund food redistribution and food rescue efforts nationwide. And they are looking at the food preservation. So I will just talk about uh, what Food Coalition did with the money. So our attempt was to increase our capacity to and our members' capacity to receive the food, to store it. So fridges and freezers. We have two mobile freezers and fridges and then one stationary freezer. They are funding all the other infrastructure needed to actually collect the food and distribute the food in kind of a proper way. So we had we invested in some carts, in some bins, and those bins are being used daily, essentially, when they are picking up the food from the food hub. All of the food actually goes into those food grade bins and then go to the other organizations. A lot of infrastructure required. So uh, trucks, bins, storage facilities, cold storage facilities. And there's this incredible purpose to get food redirected, but logistically from a planning, organizing, controlling and leading perspective, all of these things need to be taken into consideration. So that's wonderful what the London Food Coalition was able to acquire through the Canadian Surplus Food Redistribution Infrastructure Program. What would you like to see the province doing to contribute to forward motion in food rescue from retail facilities and redistribution to community agencies? Province-wide, I think province can do some legislations that actually prevent, for example, retailers and food producers. Things will not change a whole lot unless it's cheaper for a food producer or, for example, food packaging to discard the food and to throw it in the garbage as opposed to give it away to those who need it. 
it. Unless we change those kinds of things, that, unless we make it more expensive to throw that food, because it, it's much easier. Just put it in the garbage and forget about it. Right. And there's all the safe food handling steps along the way uh, yes. in order to ensure all of the standards for food safety are in place. And that takes some labor and it takes some storage and it takes, yes, a number of things. Because one might ask, why would a retailer dispose of food when we know there's a possibility of rescue and redistribution? So yes. certainly some provision policy could be steps in the right direction. Yeah. I'm going to remember that and try to contribute to forward motion in that area. Stanislav, one of London Food Coalition's beliefs is that fresh food is a fundamental right. And, and I agree. We have the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and one of the articles of the 30 articles is a right to a standard of living. And certainly food is part of that. How can we all support national and local policy to ensure that food is no longer thrown out? In a couple of ways, speaking of legislation. So, for example, making the municipalities mandatory for them to have a, for example, composting program. London doesn't have one. It doesn't have a green bin program. So right now, the composting, it's efforts are focused on supporting the backyard composting. But that kind of excludes the people from that live in the apartment buildings who are not able to have a compost in their backyard, who don't have a backyard. The issue is really complex. I mean, keep in mind that 50% of food is currently disposed by individual households. So when you look at the, for example, food retailers, they are contributing 10 to 11% okay. of the food loss go to the landfills. I think the agencies, different agencies can do some steps to change attitude that households have and increase the awareness. Myself included, I'm no different. Only when you look through the numbers that you realize, oh, well, I'm just contributing to not good environment with my actions. But I think there's certain things that uh, specifically individual agencies can do working with community members and just teach them and to provide them with uh, some kind of a knowledge about the impact that uh, their actions are having on the environment. And then a lot of it had to do with, for example, food spoilage. So education on how to actually preserve food and extend its shelf life. Better planning ahead in terms of uh, sticking with a shopping list and good fridge management. Right. So of those roughly 250 pounds a year that you had mentioned earlier that households in London are contributing to the food waste. That seems like a lot when we hear 250 pounds, but if you look at it's like four or five pounds a week and that can sort of sneak up on you. It can be a little bit of uh, greens. It can be a little bit of leftover meat yeah. some dairy that we didn't get to. So it, it's just, we think those little incremental contributions, well, what can I do? You know, the massive global problem, a massive local problem, what can I do? But the reality is when you shared some of those numbers that the retailers where we are re rescuing and redistributing food from, it's really only 11% of the overall numbers that it's at a household level yeah. that the biggest contribution can be made. The reality is um, it does come down to the fundamentals of the family's ebbs and flows. There's certain things people like to eat in certain seasons. There's certain periods of time where you love it and then you don't eat it as much anymore. You've had too much and just really being tuned into the ebbs and flows of the family and what it likes and seeing patterns in what actually gets thrown away. Some people never waste meat 
eat or they never waste bread, but somehow the fruits and veggies always yep. ahead of them. Some other families, it's completely different. So knowing what your hotspots are for food waste and try to target that specific thing to bring change. I think those are really, really wonderful ideas. Thank you, Stanislav. After the break, we'll find out ways to help our community rescue and redistribute food to individuals and families in need. Stanislav Reich, founding member of London Food Coalition, will share his insight and expertise. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking about food rescue and redistribution with Stanislav Reich, founding member of the London Food Coalition. Stanislav, what are some of the principles that guide rescuing surplus food commodities and redistributing it to vulnerable populations to avoid food waste? Looking at Food Coalition, focus on diversity. So rescued food is available to all agencies and to all individuals that those agencies work with. And... It's up to the individual agencies, actually, to decide how to use that donated food. I mean, partnership is one of the key fundamental principles. We receive food, and it really depends on the partnership that we develop. Some really good principles then. Local decision-making at the organization level, they know their uh, participants and client base best. Transparency for people interested in finding out more. And then a partnership focus where it really is a collaboration. Quite an orchestrated process, it sounds like. And how specifically does Flooded Food Coalition provide assistance to organizations serving vulnerable populations so that they can actually access surplus commodities that would otherwise go to waste or be destroyed? So, right. Right now, we have 22 members in Food Coalition. And the membership, actually, it's a paid membership. But agencies don't pay for food. They pay for the service. So that membership actually supports our food rescue effort. In terms of the recipients, different agencies working with usually low-income populations, some partner agencies, member agencies who are actually schools, and we provide food directly to schools, food that normally they wouldn't be able to afford it. It's not really available through emergency food cupboards. It's good emergency food, but this is kind of elevating the emergency food into removing the emergency out of it. I think that's a great way of looking at it. This food rescue and redistribution stabilizes a food supply in certain agencies and for certain populations because we have a bit of a system. We know that where there is food to be rescued, that it will be, and that those partnerships with the retail outlets then does create a prediction to some degree of what can be placed elsewhere. And I think you're right. There are certain things, fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, other items that are important in the healthy human diet that are, are, are candidates to be rescued and redistributed and safely handled along the way, that that is a really great contribution. And for 2020, let's say, for example, how much food was rescued and redistributed in London? 
bit shy of 300,000 pounds. Wow. 20 agencies connected in and 300,000 pounds of rescued and redistributed food. I think it's so important to hear success stories and the hard work it must have gone from a, a conversation to this moment, but how worthwhile when you hear statistics like that. Stanislav, can you please tell us about the education and outreach initiatives? Because people need to know about this, one, that it exists, two, to find out more information. What are some of your education initiatives at London Food Coalition? So as I said at the beginning, London Food Coalition really relies on network of the different agencies. And really, it's uh, most of the education comes from the agencies to the individual families. So Food Coalition does provide uh, educational uh, statistics, but when it comes down to actually doing some educational pieces, it's really up to the individual agencies. Sometimes they do it in accordance with what information is provided by the London Food Coalition, and that's used, but day-to-day, it's really a discretion of the agencies. Okay, and that fits well with your overarching principles you said before, that local autonomy with the organizations, and they know the sensitivities and nuances of their client base. So that's really great. One place people can start to find out more information is www.londonfoodcoalition.com. And there's a broad range of information there, some background, some really great pictures of the team live and in action, doing some wonderful things in the community. And I want to help Stanislav. I know that listeners do too. And so what can we do? Well, you can always come and ask to volunteer with the Food Coalition. You can also tap into the Food Coalition members and try to help on that level. If you are a food producer, you can always reach out to Food Coalition and say, okay, I have access food. What can I do with it? We'll be able to send our truck and pick up the food and then distribute it through our network. I know food producers are in, they've made it. So they more than anyone don't want to see it go in the garbage. So it's wonderful to know that what you have created and produced, although possibly not used in one form, can certainly still achieve the end goal of nourishing someone in our community through what the London Food Coalition does. That's really a great message for households in volunteering or just finding out more to see if there's any other ways to support that on the website, www.londonfoodcoalition.com. You can find out about, or if you're a producer, connecting in with some of the agency organizations in our community. And and, and certainly the need is, um, it's always there. It seems we haven't found a way quite yet to, uh, you know, work through that model on how there is no hunger and we get food redistributed and moved around so that everyone has uh, what they need each day. That's really steps in the right direction. So thank you for those tips on how people can connect in and help. Stanislav, do you have any final thoughts to offer our listeners about food rescue and redistribution? London Food Coalition contribute to community development. And I would like to talk about that because I do think of myself as a community developer, first and foremost. And we are actually making some strides to contribute to these kinds of efforts and in the process involving the community members that live in our area. So we are looking into a lot of food that we receive. We really need to move it fast. And 
some of it, we are just not able to move fast. And that also limits the kinds of stuff that we can actually receive. So for example, if we get an offer for 10 skits of tomatoes, it's really hard to move the 10 skits of tom- tomatoes. So we are looking at the, utilizing the kitchen here and the warehouse here and to become a second hub, kind of specializing in uh, produce and food items with a very short shelf life. And we're going to process that food and in that way kind of expand its shelf life. And in terms of the other efforts, most of the agencies do run something called Food Families Program. And it's essentially a cooking program, how to use it, how to prepare it, how to store it, and all that kind of stuff. Wow, it's definitely helped develop the community. And it's a broader scale of what we were talking about before. This is the household example, but for that 10 skids of tomatoes, getting it to the hub and making it into chili sauce or tomato sauce, all of a sudden it can all be used, but you need that capacity and that know-how. And that's something you're also extending to the community with the education programs for people who need cooking skills, because it can be food insecurity can be a little bit of a cycle. Um, When you can't cook for yourself, there's food costs more because you have to buy it prepared and with education, including storage tips. That's a really wonderful extended contribution that London Food Coalition is offering our community. And and I think that's wonderful. Thank you, Stanislav, for our conversation today. I'm I'm filled with hope and we need to hear more about the amazing work that's being done to help the entire human family reach its full potential, because that really is what we're talking about and making sure everyone has enough food in our community, in our nation and in the world. And London Food Coalition is doing just that. So thank you very, very much. Today on Food for the future, we've been speaking about food rescue and redistribution with Stanislav Rajic, founding member of the London Food Coalition. Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? What can your household do to avoid food waste? Something to do? Visit www.londonfoodcoalition.com to find out more about food rescue and redistribution in our community and ways you can help. Next week on the show, it's city farming. We'll discuss a specific type of composting called permaculture that helps regenerate city soil. We'll be speaking with Ron Berezin, founder of The Urban Farmer. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist, and you have been listening to Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.